Well, I do want to talk about soil today. Um, we're going to, we're, as we walk into this Lenten season, uh, and the Lent is this six-week, 40-day period. Sundays are, are not counted in those 40 days. These are Easter days. Um, but we're, we're walking in the way that Jesus walks, right? We're going we're gonna to learn how Jesus does life and try to do life the Jesus way. All right, and so um, today I, I first entitled this message something around priorities, our priorities in our lives. But and, and yes, it is about our priorities because it's about growing in Christ and in covenant community. And is growing in Christ in covenant community a priority in our lives? We is it is it something that you hold up in your life and say I I need that? And I think God's calling us to to that deeper thing today. So here is Mark 4, um, and this is a familiar uh, parable that Jesus teaches. So I'm going to read it from the message translation in hopes that maybe uh, we get to hear it in a, in a way that maybe we've never heard it before. So here, here's the Word of God. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4, um, it's in, I'm reading it from the message. If you're looking for it in your Bibles, it's in the second half of the Bible, New Testament. Um, second book of the Bible, right after Matthew, page 1067. <laughs> he went back to teaching by the sea. Jesus went back to teaching by the sea. A crowd built up to such a great size that he had to get into an offshore boat, using the bolt, boat as a pulpit uh, for, and the, as the people were pushing to the water's edge. He taught by using stories, many stories. Listen, what do you make of this? Jesus said. A farmer planted seed, and he scattered the seed as he did. Some of it fell on the road, and the birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly, but it didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled among the weeds, and nothing came of it. Some fell on good earth, good soil, and came up with a flourishing, producing harvest, exceeding his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? When they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories. Jesus told them, You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet... Everything comes in stories, creating readiness, nudging them toward a welcome awakening. These are people whose eyes are open but don't see a thing, whose ears are open but don't understand a word, who avoid making an about face and, and getting forgiven. He continued, Do you see how this story works? All my stories work this way. The farmer plants the word. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. No sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches away what has been planted in them. And some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there's nothing to show for it. The seed cast in the, we cast in the weeds represents the one who hears the kingdom news, but they're overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles out what they've heard and nothing comes of it. 
But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Hmm. Now usually, when you hear a message, a sermon, about the story of the scattered seed and the soil, you're challenged to think about what kind of soil you are. Are you hard, crusty soil? Are you rocky soil? Weedy soil? Or are you that rich, dark, Illinois-growing soil? This is important to think about. And, and I've preached on these very, that very same theme, what kind of soil are you? And it's an important question that comes out of this text. But today I want to talk about who's in the soil with you. Who is in the soil with you? H- have you ever played a game of tug-of-war? Let's see this. Yeah, see? Have you ever played a game of tug-of-war like that? Maybe you were on a playground as a child or at church camp when you came across this fierce game of tug-of-war. The game of tug-of-war is where you get a bunch of people on one end of a big long rope and a bunch of people on the other end of a big long rope and in the middle is like a red bandana hanging over this huge pit of soupy mud. And whoever tugs the hardest one way or the other, usually that red ribbon is moving back and forth. That red bandana is moving back and forth. And at some point, one of those teams is going in that soupy mud. It's a good metaphor. (laughs) Because sometimes we're struggling to pull hard enough in our lives so that we don't end up in that pit And we need people pulling with us, don't we? I need people pulling with me in my life to help me stay on track, to help me stay grounded in my my faith and remembering who I really am and who you really are because God created you to be who you really are. Everything else is our false selves, but who we really are, who God really created us, and we need people, we need team members with us, pulling with us and for us at times, like in a big game of life's tug-of-war. I have a friend, her name is Jessica, and Jessica's a follower of Jesus, and she reminds me of how important it is. She says, Jennifer, take partners. Don't go it alone. Take people with you because in life, you need them. In this activity, you need them. You always need partners. Because, see, Jesus sent out his disciples in two. He sent them out in partners. He didn't send them out alone. And so I wonder, who are your partners in life? Doing life Jesus' way means we don't have to go it alone. Amen. I got an amen. This is going to be an awesome Presbyterian someday with amening the pastor. I love that. Yes, keep it going. And no worry, stay close. Stay close. We got round tables back there. Hang out. He gives us friends to go with us. 
And so that question for us today are, is, who are your partners? Who are your friends? Who are your covenant friends in the Lord who walk the hard road with you in life? Who, and do they encourage you? The, this group of friends that you lean on, do, you, do they encourage you and help you grow in good soil? Or maybe you're hanging out with people or you've got friends that really, they distract you away from the things of God, from all that God has that's good for you, you get pulled away from that. The writer of Ecclesiastes tells us how important it is that we have friends who help us through life's challenges. You can turn to Ecclesiastes in your Bible. It's in the Old Testament this time, after Psalm and Psalms and 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 Proverbs, um, after Song of Solomon. It's the part of the, what, what is called in Old Testament uh, the wisdom literature. Some wise words are right here in Ecclesiastes and the books that are uh, before it. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12, it's page 706 in your Bible, says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to, to one who is alone and who falls and does not have another to help. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might, be, one might prevail against the other, two will withstand one. But get this, this little second half of verse 12. A threefold cord is not easily broken. A threefold cord is not easily broken. What? Who is that third strand of cord? It is true, and I wish I had strands of cord. I just didn't have them. But if I had one strand of thread, I could easily just break it. And if I had two strands of thread kind of twisted around each other, I could pull and pull, and I would be able to break it. But I tell you, if I wove a third strand of, of thread in between those two strands of thread, that cord those strands of thread would not easily pull apart. If I'm going to live, if we are going to live in the Jesus way, we really need each other. We need each other as strands of cord. We really need friendships where God is at the center of our strands of cord. And and it's God who is that third strand that holds us together in covenant community. When he's at the center of our friendships, we're made stronger to withstand life's struggles together when we face stuff together. You know, there's often a tug-of-war going on in life. There are seasons, wouldn't you admit, there are seasons when you're facing challenges. Sometimes life's most difficult challenges. 
you know what I'm talking about. We've all been there. Maybe some of us are there right this moment. And this is why we need to take partners. We need Christian friends who are also trying to walk in the way of Jesus. We need one another to encourage one another. When you're falling down, you can help one another up. When, when I am falling, you help me up. When you're falling, I help you up. When one is cold and the other wraps the warmth of God's love around us, all of a sudden things are a little better. When God binds that friendship together, there is nothing else like it. When God is that part of that threefold cord. Now, so back to Jesus' parable of the seed scattered on the soil. What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil am I? Well, to be truthful, sometimes we aren't that great kind of soil. I mean, sometimes our soil is rather hard. We're hard to penetrate for the Lord. It, it's usually, I'm feeling pretty good about things in my life, and yeah, I'm, I'm but am I really, oh, no, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, and so I don't need, I, I'm not looking at the Lord, and so even I tend to be hard soil. But there are times on the reverse of that where where we are rich, good, dark soil, ready to receive what God has for us. But there's times that we're rocky soil, when we're distracted, and our focus is more on the challenges and the hard things going on in our lives, and we aren't seeing what God is trying to do in the midst of it. We are distracted by other things, trying to fix it ourselves, usually, I mean, we are capable people. I mean, this is one of the things that we were talking about was about the mission trip. Was sometimes, you know, we go, we go in, kind of, we're capable people. We know how to do things well and do things right and do things in order. And yet, we go into a mission community that's saying, well, wait a minute. We don't, we don't need you to just take this over for us. We need you to work with us. And this is how we do it. We, we, leave, we have to leave some of the rocks. They're never-ending. We preserve the, the palm trees around us because they, they provide maybe shade or they provide something for the soil. They, so, so we don't just, we're not always aware of what's going on around us. And, and this is a, a learning moment where God can say, oh, let me show you something you didn't know. You know, God is trying to scatter seed in us. But sometimes because of our hard-heartedness, we refuse to hear and we refuse to look around the corner and believe that God has something good in store for us. Sometimes we wallow in whatever's going on and we, won't, we don't seem to want to have anything else. Sometimes we just want to sit back and lick our wounds and make God stay away. And in all this, it's still good. It's really important to have Christian friends who grow through even that time with us when our soil needs tilling 
Our soil needs water. Our soil needs fortification by a good friend who will speak truth to us, who help pull us out of the mud, so to speak, pull us out of our wallowing or pull us out of our mistakes, forgive us, dust us off, wash us off, and help us keep moving forward in the way Jesus would. And we need to be willing to hear it. We need to be willing to have those kind of friends in our lives because that's what helps cultivate in us good soil so that we can receive what God has for us. We need people who will speak words of hope and assurance. We need people who will even kick us in the fanny when we need it. Here are my friends. These are my friends. This is my pastor covenant group. That's Dave, Lisa, Julia, me, Anna, and Bruce. That's my cat pastor covenant group. I meet with them two times a year in person, one on a retreat where we sit together and we dig into each other's lives. (laughs) And you tell the truth. And they love on me and they encourage me and they pray for me and they even have permission to kick me in the fanny. But we don't just meet once a year or twice a year at the National Gathering. I need them pretty much all day, almost daily in my life. And so I meet with them once a week over Zoom. Now, there are not a lot of, I'll tell you, the truth is, there are not a lot of pastor covenant groups that meet that often, but we're trying to encourage more pastor covenant groups to meet that often because that's a life changer. When you are in it, and you know this, and this is why I'm trying to encourage you, when you are in a covenant group, when you're a a part of a group of people who are loving on you, encouraging you, uh, uh, kicking you in the fanny every now and again, you know, when you're with them in a daily life, in a once a week kind of thing where you're holding each other accountable and praying for each other and encouraging each other and lifting each other up and saying, you can do this, you can do this, that is a game changer. Because you're really letting people in on the dailies when that happens. And you can't hide from people when you're letting, in, letting them in on the dailies. It occurs to me that why we call ourselves at Northminster covenant partners, that's what members are here. At, when you say, yeah, I want to commit to be a part of Northminster Presbyterian Church, and I want to be a member of this church, you're actually committing to be a covenant partner. And there's a specific reason that we call members of Northminster and other um, eco-evangelical covenant order of Presbyterian churches, we call ourselves covenant partners. See, God is into covenant relationship with us, with his people. God has always been a covenant-making God. He promises to take care of us forever, and we promise to trust him. God even puts us in covenant relationship with one another. It's why our denomination has the name, Evangelical Covenant Order of Presbyterians. For us, this means that we live in this covenant relationship with, the, with people, Namely, right, like right here at Northminster, but also with other 
churches. We live in covenant relationship together, holding a common faith in Jesus, rooted in God's Word. That scattered seed, God's Word. Growing together for the purpose of honoring God and sharing the gospel, making new disciples, new followers of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As Evangelical Covenant Order of Presbyterians, we are this worldwide group of Jesus followers who are held together by God. We are part of this covenant because he, he knows that we need him and we need one another Look what a difference Christian friends make. Like we heard the story of Fabiola today. I would imagine throughout Fabiola's childhood and her young adult life, she needed her Yucatan Christian community. And how cool is it that Northminster Church has taken time, even years, to nurture friendship with these same folks in the Yucatan, that, that you were able to see this year Fabiola as, as this young adult, a mom who's graduated now from university and is overseeing the, the work of this water treatment plant right there in her community. From eight years old to 20-some years old, her covenant community walked the road of life with her. And Northminster, you all were part of that covenant community, cheering her on over the years, praying for her. You had pictures of her at eight years old because you were there. And here you are now when she's 20-some years old, and you're here with her now. That is covenant community. And Fabiola has covenant community right there in her village. And I would imagine she would testify today that that covenant community was a life changer for her. Her life would look very different today without that covenant community called the church, called the people who knew her well, who cheered her on, who said, yes, you can do this hard thing. Here's the thing about Jesus and the parable of the seed and the soil. The seed is all about God at work in us, growing us. The soil, the soil is our lives. And just like I'm sure Fabiola, like me, I bet like you, God wants to put people in our lives who will till our soil to help us to be ready to receive the seed of his word, the seed that is planted by God in our lives. And we fertilize, we give water, we watch over the growing plant so that if anything attacks that plant, your life, if anything threatens to hinder the growth of your life, you have this group of people who are cultivating in you Health, hope, life, correction, so that you can grow, so that we can grow. 
And this is what having partners in covenant community does. They nurture us in our faith. It's hard to do life without partners, without friends. We need people pulling for us. And sometimes we just need to, to, to you know, we don't have any more strength. They just need to do all the pulling. So here's the deal. Where around you, who around you is encouraging you in your life in Christ? Who has God put in your life to help you grow, to hold you accountable, to care for you and encourage you when the tug-of-war of life is getting the best of you and you need somebody to pull on your end? Believe it or not, there are even people in this church, this community, who really want to encourage you, and they need you. Everyone needs each other. There are people in this room who need you pulling for them. Maybe it's been a while since you've had that kind of covenant community. Maybe you've never had that kind of covenant community, and you're like, maybe I need that. Maybe that's what I need to help me through this stuff in my life. Maybe God is working you over today, reminding you that you really do need these people. You really do need these people. And it's time to get back to your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's time to get back to your people. Is God poking you in the ribs? (laughs) Inviting you to be a part of covenant community that the Lord would put together two or three or four people to walk together in a life-giving, purposeful, and even fun way in your life. When you live in covenant community with others, you'll grow in friendship. You'll grow in faith in ways that God will surprise you. God will use these people to to till your life, to turn you toward him, to, to love you when you need to be loved and care for you when you're down and need help up. There is something about that threefold cord when God gives you friends with whom you share the important and deeper things of life. We all need this. And so I hope that you'll seek out this kind of covenant life group. <laughs> this life-giving covenant group. If you don't know how to start it, if you don't have others who don't know who those people might be, but you want to find people who want the same thing of this covenant community, I, I, I want to encourage you, would you reach out to me? Would you let me know that? And, and I'll work with others and we'll work together to create new covenant communities, life groups right here, at Northminster so that people can have this kind of community because we need it. This season of Lent, these six weeks before Easter, it's a great time to begin this kind of group. You could say, I'll do it for six weeks. I'll try it for six weeks. That's it. Just try it for six weeks. See, if, see what God does in that time. See, because I believe God is inviting us, inviting you to grow with deeper roots in him and with one another. And we need to take partners. We need to have friends that grow with us. So I want to encourage you in this way. Take partners. Because a threefold cord is not easily broken. And with God in the middle of your friendships, in your covenant community, 
your life, your soil, will be ready to receive what God has for you as you walk together in life. Can we pray together? Oh, dear Jesus, this life is not to be meant to be lived alone. And so we are grateful for the people who already walk alongside us. Thank you for giving us people who are there with us in times of joyful celebration and the simple moments of daily life and even in the darkest hours when we face them. We need our friends in Christ. And sometimes we forget that they need us too. Your word reminds us that we need to cultivate good soil that is always ready to receive your word, to receive all that you have for us. And so, Lord, we admit that we tend to hide. When we're ashamed in our lives or we're embarrassed, when we tend to isolate because we're hurt, we tend to isolate because we're struggling with some kind of brokenness or pain. And Lord, will you help us seek out friends who will speak words of love and kindness, words of truth reminding us of who we really are because you made us good and you love us. We don't need to hide from you, Lord, or from our Christian friends. We don't have to hide. Remind us of that. Give us friends who will speak words of care, admonishment, hope, and faith. And weave us into a threefold cord of friendship with a covenant group of people where you're at the center. Lord, those who don't feel like they have this kind of friendship in their lives, and I know there are people right here, even those who are online, maybe they feel distant. Lord, may we look to this kind of covenant community, the very covenant community of Northminster. And may we, each one who come to this place, find deeper friendship where you're rooted, where we're rooted in your word and we live like you, Jesus. Shower your blessing upon those who call one another new and old friends. We pray that you would ever be in our midst. Bind us together, Lord, for that threefold cord is not easily broken. And so we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.